When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Today I want to talk about aliens other than the gray aliens. Uh, there have been reports over the decades uh, involving alien species that look unlike the normal gray aliens. Well, we say normal, but that seems to be the normal style that people see, the, the short gray beings with the big almond-shaped eyes, uh, you know, big heads, bald you know, and of course, the gray alien associates, uh, the onboard associates, uh, who seem to be reptilians and insectoid praying mantis types, and all th these beings seem to be involved in some sort of hybridization program involving uh, the abduction of men and women and removing their uh, removing sperm from men and eggs from women and creating uh, a race of alien hybrids that look just like human beings and but aren't. Uh, and then somehow, I guess, uh, putting it, uh, mixing them up among the human race as who knows for what reason, spies or some future purpose that's yet unknown, we don't know. But there's been all sorts of different kinds of uh, aliens reported over the years in addition to the common gray. You know, it seems like the, for, uh, there's no question about it. The, these gray beings, these short gray beings are the predominant alien being that people see. Uh, the, they're the ones that seem to abduct people most of the time. But every now and then you hear of a case that involves different kinds of aliens. Uh, a lot of these cases I've talked about numerous times on the podcast, including the uh, 1973 Pascagoula, Mississippi incident, where two guys were fishing on a dock, uh, and all of a sudden a spaceship shows up and these robots kind of beings come out with pincers for hands, drag them on the ship and uh, examine them and then let them go. They, these beings look, you know, they look nothing like greys or, or praying mantis or any of those kind of things that are usually reported. And then, of course, uh, there was the Kentucky Goblin Spree from uh, the 1950s where there was quite a few witnesses that saw these little f beings that basically floated around a farmhouse uh, terrorizing this family and uh, they were shot at and the, the bullets did nothing uh, basically bounced off them made a sound like a bucket when they bounced off them um, I'm not going to talk about those cases because I did talk about those before but I want to talk about some other cases uh, and the one case I want to talk about is something that happened in 1954 in Italy it's called the Sanina Italy UFO encounter of 1954 and here's an article from Open Minds, and I will leave the link for this, of course, and I'm going to read this article. On the morning of November 1st, 1954, Rosa Danelli had risen early to attend church services in the town of Sanina, Italy. She was carrying a handful of carnations, which were to be placed at the altar of the Madonna Pellegrina. On the trip to town, she followed the footpath that leads through fields and thickets. She went barefoot, hoping to avoid getting 
her new shoes dirty. Rosa had taken this trip multiple times before and never expected to encounter anything unusual. Arriving in the middle of a small clearing, she came across a very strange-looking craft. The unknown object resembled a diamond-shaped spindle, or two ice cream cones attached to, by their widest ends. It measured seven feet high and three feet wide. The strange craft had a brown metallic polished exterior color with three landing gear legs. Rosa could not hear any sound emanating from the craft. An elliptical-shaped white-colored protrusion was located at the midsection of the craft. The lower section of the object had an opened hatch door which revealed two seats. Astonished at what she was witnessing, Rosa was further surprised to find two small beings who emerged from behind the craft. They appeared to look like men, but were actually the size of small children, around three feet tall. Their noses were of normal, normal shape, but their upper lips were slightly curved in the center. Eventually, the beings approached Rosa and seemed to be friendly. They were wearing one-piece gray-colored overalls, which extended down to their feet. They also wore gray-colored capes on their backs, and their ears were concealed by two leather-looking discs, which formed a rudimentary helmet, a small band wrapped around their foreheads. In an attempt to strike up a conversation with Rosa, the small beings uttered the following unintelligible expression, Lula, Lola, Lola, Lou. Then the two beings approached Rosa, who was now in a state of shock. They proceeded to snatch the carnations out of her hand, but then quickly returned a few of them, keeping a total of five. Then, as though they were examining the biological makeup of the flowers and laughing during the process, the beings threw the remaining flowers into the opening of the spindle-shaped craft. Soon thereafter, the small beings reached inside their craft and took out two small white packages, which were circular in shape. As they turned towards Rosa, they found her running from the scene. By the time she covered a distance of 300 feet from the craft, Rosa looked back one final time only to discover that the beings and the strange craft had mysteriously vanished. Now, this is a case that even Jacques Vallée was very interested in, and it's been talked about for decades. It's actually, I, I didn't know about this case until probably uh, within the past six months I, I, I learned about it. Uh, there's some more details here in a different article about these beings. This is from the livingmoon.com, and I also leave the link for this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, this is what it describes here. It says, uh, the two little beings approached her with friendly expressions on their faces. She had plenty of time to make a thorough examination of them so that she was afterwards able to describe them in the minutest details. About one meter in height, they were wearing a sort of gray overall, all in one piece, including the feet. On their backs, they had sort of cloaks of a gray material, and over the one-piece overall, they wore a sort of sort of doublet fastened right up to the collar with little buttons like shining stars. Their trousers were tightly fitting, like the long underpants that our men wear in the winter. Their faces, crowned by helmets, were normal but small. Both were no taller than a five-year-old infant, but their bodies were in proportion. It would have taken two of those things to make a man, she said, but they were very fine looking, even though rather odd, rather old, excuse me. Uh, anyway, 
it just is a strange story. Like, you know, you read something like this, and you, and this person at the time, it was a big deal you know, in, in Italy, especially in that part of Italy. People were talking about it. And it's just amazing that, you know, somebody would not make this up. I mean, why would some peasant woman, you know, just make this story up? You know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I believe this woman's actually encountered these weird-looking short men, basically. Uh, that's what they look like, uh, according to her. Um, it's just an amazing little story. and But this is just one of these cases of, you know, these beings that are showing up at a time. I mean, this was only uh, 1954. You're only talking, we're only seven years into the, uh, the, the UFO, since the UFO wave of 1947. I mean, basically all these UFOs start showing up, flying saucers all over the world, basically. People are seeing weird objects uh, starting in 1947. Of course, there were things seen before that, but it really wasn't until 1947. When these things were started to, uh, when people started to see these things all the time, and report on them, and and of course there was all sorts of people who claimed to see the, these things landed, uh, uh, they they actually saw landed craft. I mean, there's all all kinds of reports during this time period, but you, you wonder, okay, now, these beings here are completely different than anything else that you know you, you never really see a description like this ever. So. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it makes you wonder, like, like my, my uh, here's a theory I have. Uh, you know, what if in 1947 it was not just gray beings showing up, but all sorts of beings showing up? You know, and, and, and somehow Earth was discovered by some uh, uh, group of different races at the same time, like some part of some sort of interplanetary NATO or something, right? Hey, we found this uh, new race of beings. They're 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 using atomic weapon. They're dropping atomic bombs on each other now. Uh, we better look into this. So they start sending out, uh, you know, different uh, representatives from all their different planets, right, to check out what's going on on Earth, right. So for, for over the course of a certain number of years, maybe, and then uh, what happens is that maybe they decide, well, okay. We need to do something about these beings, and and basically what the greys and the and the and the insect insect aliens what they really are maybe they're just hires you know they're, they're aliens for hire they're, they're, they they are basically uh, you know they bid on a pro on the project here amongst this group of uh, different alien races they bid on a project here to do this to be in charge of this hybridization program what if that's what this is all about because. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's all these different kinds of uh, strange-looking beings showing up here. In addition to the greys, especially during these early years, you don't really hear about these other other things today. And of course, you hear about Nordics, you know, these tall Nordics. For all we know, they might be hybrids, you know. Um, but you don't usually hear about these kind of things, you know, these you know things that look like little men, you know, in, in one-piece suits. You don't really hear these kind of things. And I don't think this lady was making it up. Uh, and this isn't the only case. I mean, of course, there was all these different kinds of cases going on back in the 50s where people were uh, seeing these strange-looking creatures that, and, and, and a lot of times there was nothing to match them with. No, nobody else saw it, just, these, this, just this group of people or this, this person. And this is one of those cases that there's really not any other case that uh, 
that really is anything like this. I mean, they're all different, it seems. Of course, now, again, when we're talking about the Greys, that all seems the same, right? But again, that really didn't seem to start up until, you know, the 60s. I mean, again, all of this is speculation. Of course, you know, a lot of people who investigate this, like a lot of the... uh, Psycho, uh, psychiatrists and, and and professors like uh, David M. Jacobs that look into this, Bud Hopkins, John Mack. Uh, I mean, some of them people that they've interviewed, they, they claim to have been getting abducted since the 1920s. I mean, that seems like to be the earliest time uh, where uh, an abduction apparently happened with aliens. So who knows, right? But if you look at the at the way things are laid out, it seems like at first, again, this is just pure speculation on my part. I'm not saying this is true. I don't know. But it just seems like it could possibly be the case that early on, a, a bunch of different races were showing up here, possibly from all different kinds, you know, all different planets. And and then maybe a decision was made. Okay, uh, we can't let this violent group of beings advance anymore on their own. We need to get control of this group. Uh, we're not going to destroy them, of course, not outright. Uh, but uh, we need to uh, we need to have hybridization program. And then the the grays, you know, inse- insects, praying mantises are called in, you know, to do the job. And maybe that's what, you know, like when the Hills were initially abducted in the 60s, maybe they were like one of the earliest cases. You know, Villas Boas in 1957, you know, one of the early cases, test cases, trying to figure out what they need to do and how it's going to work. And then, of course, as the 60s and 70s roll, you know, roll along, it just seems like it's picking up then. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's again, it's all pure speculation. But again, that this is one of those cases, along with all bunch of myriad of other cases, where there's these beings that are definitely, decidedly unlike the Greys at all, and yet they're showing up now. You know, a lot of people will look at this and say, "Well, this is, you know, this lady just, you know, making she made it all up." But how, how do you know that? I mean, you don't know that. In fact, uh, there, there was people that looked at this later on, and they actually found the marks in the ground. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to read a little bit more of this. Uh, there was uh, an, an investigation afterward. Uh, uh, police went in there to investigate the affair, and they found deep cavity in the ground where this thing apparently was was had landed. You know, and the hole was also seen by a chief chief inspector of the police uh, from the local police. Uh, so there was other people that saw this and and there was other witnesses that attested to this lady uh there was no reason that she would make something like this up now of course some people will say well maybe she was having a hallucination that seems like a pretty vivid hallucination to me right seeing some craft dealing with little beings you know and, and and a hallucination that leaves marks in the ground i i just don't see like people like this making this making a story up like this it just doesn't make any sense to me um Anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and and talk about another case. Okay, we're back. Uh, There was another interesting case that happened in 1952, uh, a case, another case involving an alien being that most certainly was looked nothing like 
you know what people reported later on what people we all know now is the grays uh this was called a lot of you a lot of you probably already heard about this one called the flatwoods monster um and the united states air force looked into it and it was also uh, something that project blue book looked at um and it's been basically treated as a joke these days uh but at the time uh there was a, there was a number of witnesses that saw this thing uh but still and there's no explanation for it really to this day um anyway i'm going to read this article from history.com the Flatwoods monster has not hissed at boys in the little village of Flatwoods, West Virginia, since September 12, 1952. People grin about it now and take monster souvenir money from hundreds of monster tourists every week, but it scared people plenty back then, including the eyewitnesses, six boys aged 10 to 17, a dog, and a mom. One of the boys peed his pants, said John Gibson, a high school freshman at the time who knew them well. Their dog, Ricky, ran with his tail between his legs. The encounter made the local and national news, scaring a wider swath of people. Then it prompted, prompted a United States Air Force inquiry, part of a project called Project Blue Book that dispatched a handful of investigators around the country to look into such claims. It also became a local legend, a southern spook story that defined the tiny village of less than 300 people for more than six decades. To this day, tourists come out of their way to Flatwoods, secluded in the low-timbered Appalachian Hills of central West Virginia, to visit its monster museum and buy Green Monster t-shirts. What they witnessed. It was dusk when they saw it. The May brothers, Ed 13 and Freddie 12, had been playing in their schoolyard with their 10-year-old friend T Tommy Heyer. After noticing a pulsing red light streak across the sky and crash on a nearby farm, the three youngsters ran to grab the May's boy's mother, then hightailed it up that hill to check out where the light had landed. A few other boys, one with a dog, showed up too. They ran back down in sheer incredible terror. Seven Braxton County residents on Saturday reported seeing a 10-foot Frankenstein-like monster in the hills above Flatwoods, a local newspaper reported afterward. A National Guard member, 17-year-old Gene Lemon, was leading the group when he saw what appeared to be a pair of bright eyes in a tree. Lemon screamed and fell backward, the news account said, when he saw a 10-foot monster with a bloody red bod a blood-red body and a green face that seemed to glow. It may have had claws for hands. It was hard to tell because of the dense mist. The story made the local news, then got picked up by national radio and big papers all over the country, said Andrew Smith, who runs the Flatwoods Monster Museum and the Braxton County Convention Visitors Bureau. Mrs. May and the National Guard kid ended up going to New York to talk to CBS, Gibson said. Those people were the most scared people I've ever seen, said local newspaper publisher A. Lee Stewart in that 1952 news story. Stewart himself had marched up that hill with a shotgun after witnesses told what they saw. People don't make up that kind of story that quickly, Stewart said, that, said then. Others doubt it. State police laughed off the reports as hysteria. The newspaper story said they said the so-called monster had grown from 7 to 17 feet in just 24 hours. Gibson doubted too, though he's since sold 1,000 of his 12-inch tall ceramic green monster figurines in just the last two years at $30 apiece. I don't believe in the Easter Bunny, says Gibson, an insurance agent still working at 81. I don't believe in Santa, and I really don't believe in the Flatwood monster, but I do want to boost our community. Uh, 
Well, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna read the rest of it. You could read the rest of this. Uh, I, I will provide the link here. It gets into the atomic bomb about how people back then were afraid of the atomic bomb. I, I never buy that story. I, I don't buy that one bit. You always know, see uh, like uh, sociologists uh, claim, oh, you know, and historians try to say, well, you know. Uh, back in the late 40s and 50s, there was a scare, you know, the Cold War was, you know, heating up and people were afraid of, you know, Russia and, uh, you know, the atomic bomb. And, and, and that's what caused the those nerves cause, uh, caused people to see flying saucers. I think that's total, absolute garbage. That's just nonsense. It's like, you know, uh, in 1968, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead was released. And in the years afterward... Uh, they would say, well, yeah, that was a response. That was basically uh, a response to the Vietnam War. That's not true. Basically, Romero was wanted to make a monster movie about zombies that eat human flesh. And he wanted to scare people and make a buck. It had nothing to do with the Vietnam War whatsoever. But people make these uh, comparisons. And it's just not the case. And I think that's the case with UFOs and the Cold War. I just don't think that's... I mean, we're still seeing them today. There is no, you know, there's no Cold War. Cold War, you know, is, that that's that those days are gone. But anyhow, you know, this thing has been talked about, and actually, it's it's been joked about the Flatwoods monster. But yet, you had you know all these kids and a, and and a grown woman that that had seen this thing. It was basically a ten foot tall being that looked very strange, and they all ran away in horror. And. uh over the years, a lot of people have tried to come up with different excuses. Now, I'm going to go to the Wikipedia page here on the Flatwoods Monster because I, there's something here I want to go over. Uh, and basically, it's just interesting that it says here, the Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster, Braxy, or the Phantom of Flatwoods in West Virginia folklore, is an entity reported to have been sighted in the town of Flatwoods in Braxton County, West Virginia, on September 12, 1952, after a bright object crossed the night sky. Now, I just think it's interesting that they refer to this thing as folklore. It's not folklore. I mean, this was something that people saw. I mean, what's there's no folklore. There was a story. It was in newspapers at the time. This ain't something out of a fairy book uh, from the uh, mid- Middle Ages or something. It's not folklore. Uh, it's something that happened, and that's the a lot of debunkers like to say that about UFO stories, about UFO reports over the years. Oh, it's just it's the same thing as folklore, you know. Just no different than people seeing elves, you know, uh, and, and 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 gnomes back in the 1400s, you know, things like that. That's what they like to do. They try to they try to put that all in the same alphabet soup when it really shouldn't be there. But uh, anyway, I'm gonna. One of the conventional explanations, according to Wikipedia page, was put forth by Joe Nickel. Uh, this is this guy's big time, big time debunker over the years. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read this part. After investigating the case in t- 2000, Joe Nickel of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry concluded that the bright light in the sky reported by the witnesses on September 12th was most likely a meteor, that the pulsating red light was likely an aircraft navigation or hazard beacon, and that the creature described by witnesses closely resembled an owl. Nichols suggested that witnesses' perceptions were distorted by their heightened state of anxiety. Nichols' conclusions are shared by a number of other investigators, including those of the Air Force. Of course! Of course the Air Force is going to say something like that. They had to explain it away back then. Oh, it was just an owl! So Joe Nickel investigated this in 2000. He didn't talk to any of the witnesses or anything at the time. He just 
made up made this up. I mean, he had he had, he had no proof whatsoever. He wasn't there, so how does he know? So he had to make it up. He said, "Oh, it was an owl." The thing that they saw was ten feet tall, and they swear it wasn't an owl. So anyway, I'm going to read more of this. Uh, Joe Nickel conclusion. The night of, of the September 12th sighting, a meteor had been observed across three states, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. According to Nickel, three flashing red aircraft beacons were also vis- visible from the area of the sightings, which could account for descriptions of a pulsating red light and red tint on the face of the supposed monster. Nickel concluded that the shape movement and sounds reported by witnesses were also consistent with the silhouette flight pattern and call of a startled barn owl perched on a tree limb leading researchers to conclude that foliage beneath the owl may have created the illusion of the lower portions of the creature described as being a pleated green skirt now again i again this is just pure height i mean he's this is just pulling this out of thin air i mean like he he wasn't there. He didn't talk to the witnesses. The witnesses said that that's not what they saw. They saw this being basically floating toward them. Researchers also concluded that the witnesses' inability to agree on whether the creature had arms, combined with May's report of it having small claw-like hands, which extended in front of it, also matched the description of a barn owl with its talons gripping a tree branch. Again, the whole problem with this whole owl thing is that it, it, it was this thing was a lot bigger than that. They said it was ten feet tall. You know, when you see an owl out in the woods, it's not going to look. It, 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 it's going to look like an owl, right? It's going to, you know, it's not going to look ten feet tall. You know, it doesn't matter how scared you are, you're going to know it was an owl. Anyway, according to skeptic Ryan Haupt, even though local boy Max Lockard admitted he had driven around the site hoping to see something in his Chevy truck, paranormal investigators concluded that the tracks, oily residue, and bits of a rubbery substance must have been left by the creature and not the truck. Haupt explains nausea reported by some of the witnesses as, as a symptom of as a symptom symptom consistent with hysteria and overexertion okay uh, now okay I, I might agree with the part about the oily uh, about the tracks and the oily residue and the rubbery substance okay if somebody was driving around and, and okay that that that's possible i guess right uh but again this other stuff where people say they see something and then you have a debunker step forward no 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 you didn't see that you saw an owl that's what you saw. But no, no, but that's not what we described. Oh, no, no, but that's what it was. We, you just got confused. That's what it is. I mean, this is like almost like the same thing. Like, And the Air Force, of course, too, says these kind of things. They, 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 you know, they're the ones who initially came out with this uh, excuse. But this is like the same thing that happened in, in the Rendlesham Forest incident in 1980 in England, where, you know, multiple witnesses... You know, at an army base, a United States Army base in 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 England, saw an object. Actually, three of the guys actually saw this object, this triangular object with hieroglyphic writing on it, land on the ground. But then you had debunkers, and and of course, first the Air Force stepped forward and say, no, 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 that was light. You saw lights from a, a nearby lighthouse, right? And then of course the debunkers they got on that train too and say, oh yeah, that's all it was. It was they saw lights shining through the tree from this nearby lighthouse. But see, the one thing that they don't they never said at the time is that actually that was impossible because where they for one thing there were three witnesses that actually saw the thing land on the ground one of the witnesses actually touched it right and actually wrote down the the hieroglyphics uh, hieroglyphics on, on a piece of paper 
right? And 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 not only that, but the 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 light the light from the lighthouse it would have been impossible to get there because there was a, a piece of metal on the back of it, so the light wouldn't shine in toward the town only at sea. They don't talk about that part though, and this is like the same kind of case here with the Flatwoods monster. Like again, nobody proved anything one way or the other but these witnesses said they said they saw this you know huge humanoid creature that again like we were just talking about earlier looked nothing at all like the gray beings that people are used to you know that most people who run into uh, uh humanoids see uh most people who are abducted by aliens encounter I mean, of course, there's other things out there. We talk about that, too, like the Nordics. But again, the Nordics, who knows? Uh, could uh, They could be hybrids. They could be, you know, half human, half alien. Who knows really what they are? Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that claim to know everything. They think that there's, you know, uh, like 50. They, 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 they know for sure that there's 50 or 60 different sorts of alien beings out there. I, I don't know how anybody knows any of that. I don't know how any, anybody could come to a number, uh, really, uh, because there's just so many different accounts and so many different stories. We really don't know what's going on. It's a giant mystery. And again, I really believe that uh, one of the things we got with this mystery, one of the problems is that uh, be, be, the, the government does not want to release this information. Governments of the world don't want to release this information because it would cause too much confusion. Uh, it's it, There's confusion enough. They, they don't have all the answers. The governments themselves don't have all the answers. So if they provide, if they give what they do have, then, then people are going to say, well, that's incomplete. Well, you don't know anything else? That's it? Right? So, so that could be one of the main reasons for the, uh, for the, the, the cover-up that's been going on for decades now but anyway uh, there are other beings out there i guess that's the point of all of this is that there are other things out there at least i don't know about lately right uh i really haven't heard a lot lately i mean the only thing we really know about uh for sure is that grays have been coming here for a long time along with their uh apparent uh, bosses the praying mantis uh and also uh, sometimes it seems like there's uh, reptilian style aliens hanging out with them too uh that's all we really know most people seem to experience those beings uh most people uh who's claimed to be abducted that's what they see and then there's these little blue beings too that uh, apparently show up sometimes for some people and but they're all again it's all part of this gray group and you wonder like so what's going on what does this all mean like okay if there's all different beings coming here you know why is it why are these grays the dominant ones i mean did they push everyone up all the other races away or are they working together somehow is it, it who, who knows i mean we just don't know but the fact is is that there's been all kinds of reports throughout the decades and we just don't have the answers